Hey, pretty people. So writing books is not the only thing that I do. On my website, I also have an eShop where I sell things like cute animal pillows, candy-themed AirPod cases, Pokemon building block sets, and more. And the shipping is free. Also, if you subscribe to my email list, you'll get a 10% off coupon for everything currently available. I occasionally do giveaways that are exclusive to subscribers, so don't miss out. Sign up today. The Demetrius Show podcast covers a variety of topics concerning mental health. This occasionally includes topics such as depression, anxiety, eating disorders, and thoughts some people may find distressing to hear. Listener discretion is advised. Each episode dealing with mental health is meant to be a general discussion and not meant to take the place of advice or treatment from any licensed medical professional. If you are needing mental health advice and or treatment, please speak with a mental health professional. I came out to a lot of my close friends at the age of 24, and that's the age that I started the job that I have now. It's my first job out of school. When it comes to navigating any workplace, it feels like there's so many unwritten rules, so many implied expectations you have to meet in order to succeed. In general, climbing the proverbial corporate ladder can be challenging for anybody, but it's especially difficult for LGBTQ individuals. There's no guidebook for people like me, for instance. And until very recently, we weren't even meant to inhabit these spaces in the first place. So no matter how well you performed, if you didn't fit into the heteronormative framework you were expected to easily fit into, you weren't going to be taken seriously. So is that still the case today? Well, yes and no. And we're going to get into why that is on today's episode. So let's get started. Welcome to The Demetrius Show, where I learn how to walk through my shadows, picking the flowers I've grown through sheer resilience. And I may not know enough yet to start teaching, but I'm going to keep convincing you to keep pushing. I'm Demetrius, and this is my life after speaking. My first job out of college was at a gym. I was a supervisor making about 10 bucks an hour. (laughs) Yeah, but it was the only job I could get when I moved out of my small town to the big city. I remember walking into countless interviews where people would look at me, they'd mention my hair, they'd ask me if I could cut it off because men weren't supposed to wear their hair past their shoulder at the time, if you wanted to work in like a corporate environment. And I could just tell when I walked through the door and they looked at me that they weren't going to hire me or move me to the next step in the interview process. And to be honest, I wouldn't finna cut my hair for nobody. We do enough for these companies already as it is. And me cutting my hair off wasn't even a guarantee that I was going to get hired anyway. So why make the sacrifice? So my options were very limited, and I definitely wasn't seen as a viable candidate. So when I finally did land my first job as a supervisor, even though I was only being paid 10 bucks an hour at the time, I was still very proud of that title. But again, I wasn't taken seriously. I was constantly undermined. My superiors allowed my staff to go over my head all the time. 
I got teased by some of my coworkers, and I was even told that some customers voiced their displeasure with my presence to my bosses. I remember getting told to clean the showers and the locker rooms in the men's locker room, and I'd get harassed and asked why I was in there. And nobody seemed to care when I told them about this. But again, I didn't have any other choices and almost no career prospects at the time. So I had to go to work every single day in this environment where I had a degree, but I was only worth $10 an hour and considered a joke. Eventually, I did end up leaving that job for personal reasons. Actually didn't have anything to do with what was going on there or how I was treated, but I found out later that my bosses had been paper trailing me and sending all these reports and write-ups that I had no knowledge about to their HR people, some weirdo sitting in a cubicle somewhere in Tampa, Florida, and basically just lying and saying that I wasn't doing my job or whatever. So when I decided to go job hunting again, I found all this out and I found out that I was ineligible for rehire because of what they did. And it was a huge smack in the face because essentially I had to start all over. I could not use that year, however tumultuous it was, I couldn't even use that year to show that I had experience as a supervisor. So from then on, I learned that I had to be especially careful as a feminine black LGBTQ person and how I navigated the workplace. And that still haunts me to this day, the hypervigilance and constantly covering your tracks. I've been very successful since then, though, but I never really got over just how miserable my time was at that gym just because I was different. Now, not everyone's experience is like mine. So I wanted to get a perspective from someone who had an easier time fitting in than I did. My friend Grant landed a way better job right out of college. He didn't have to deal with the unnecessary scrutiny, politics, and underhanded practices that I did. So I wanted to pick his brain about what a typical day at work like is for him now. So without further ado, let's bring in Grant. Uh, my name is Grant. Uh, I am a 29-year-old gay man. A little bit about myself. Um, I am a civil engineer or civil and environmental engineer. I work in the private consulting industry. So I work with a lot of cities, water districts. I work as a design engineer, project manager. I get to wear a lot of hats. So that's a little bit about myself and I guess the professional side of me. Very good. Very cool. So that's what you do now. What was your first job? What was the first day like for you? Ooh, the first job that would have to be in high school. I did work at a movie theater my senior year of high school. That was an adventure. I did a couple odd jobs. I did some Spanish tutoring, math tutoring here and there. That, that was my first experience, you know, making a paycheck. So, uh, but of course, when I was doing those jobs, that was long before I was even out to myself, let alone the world. So, and even while I was working those jobs, 
you know, I had, I was navigating life and who I was, and I didn't even know what questions to ask myself at the time, but it definitely being not out at the time influenced a lot of my behaviors back then. And of course, in adulthood, we unpack a lot of that now. So yeah, that was my first experience in the working world. Can you describe like your first day? What was that like? What was the experience? Okay. Well, I remember my first day at, let's just say the movie theater job. I remember I was at the orientation and they had us in a group and they gave everyone, everyone a purple lanyard, but they gave me a red lanyard. I'm like, why do I get a red lanyard? And he was like, well, you're 18. That means you get to operate the trash compactor. All you other kids, you don't get to touch it. Like, Ooh, I'm an adult. so yeah it wasn't really too eventful i do remember being thrown into a 10-hour shift on my feet for like yeah 10 hours and i did that for months and months on end so your first shift was 10 hours yes oh my goodness (laughs) my first shift was six and i thought i was gonna die so kudos to you so what are some day-to-day interactions you have that might make it awkward or uncomfortable with regards to your sexuality? Sure. So uh, for a little bit of background, uh, I came out to a lot of my close friends at the age of 24. And that's the age that I started the job that I have now. It's my first job out of school. Still working here. I love it. But as far as conversations that are awkward, you know, keep in mind that I'm not fully out at my job. The most awkward interactions, I would say, not so much conversations are, you know, let's just say we're doing some kind of work related event outside of work with my coworkers. And I show up and everyone's got their spouse, their significant other kids. And I'm usually the only one who shows up by myself, single. And and it's not really awkward in the sense that I've discuss that. Sometimes I wonder if coworkers are thinking, oh, I mean, he, Grant, such a you know, well put together, good looking guy. Why is he single and has been single the whole time we've known him? So <laughs> things like that are potentially awkward, but I wouldn't say it's full on awkward. So, you know, I don't go to these functions too, too often, but when I do, it's something that does show up in my head. It's something I have to think about because when you're in a environment where you're talking to your coworkers, you, you don't just bring up your sexuality, especially if you're, I don't like this term, but straight passing. People don't really suspect it unless you tell them. But of mm. course, how do you tell them? Well, you know, I've always told myself the day I tell my coworkers is the day that I go to such and such event and I bring my partner. Like, now you know. Well, I'm glad that the experience has mostly been Oh, how do I say? That's neutral a little bit. It sounds like um, nothing too pushy, I'm sensing. So that's good to know. Right. And I will say that, you know, some coworkers do know that I'm gay. And those conversations have come about. And each individual has been an interesting and different experience um, in, you know, how I introduce myself or at least that part of myself. Um, to that person. And I remember the first time that I came out to a coworker, we were, you know, just making friends and, you know, kind of shooting the shit. And we were just talking about birthdays. And I found out that this coworker had a birthday that was very close to mine. And then I, th- I think I said something like, 
oh, well, I'm good with birthdays, so I'll remember your birthday and I'll give you a, a cake or something when when it's your birthday. And she was like, that's interesting because usually only when remember birthdays. I'm like, well, but I'm gay. Does that help? <laughs> that was the first time I ever you know, said anything like that. Shout out to Aubrey. Love you to death. Um, but yeah, that was my first interaction where I came out as a gay man to someone in the workplace. So there have been others like that with several other people. You know, we can talk about that later as well. But with the people that know me, it's never awkward. In fact, I use it to my advantage. Well, I'm glad to know that you're still able to navigate your day-to-day and your job and that you're able to form those relationships where you can trust someone. Now, has anyone ever told you that your sexuality would prevent you from moving up the corporate ladder or having longevity with the company? No one has actually ever directly told me that. And honestly, if someone has told me explicitly something like that, I'd be very concerned and I would be applying to jobs elsewhere. <laughs> so mm-hmm. uh, thankfully, I'm not doing that. But you know, fortunately, in my company, I have seen a handful of LGBT people make it up pretty high. There's one upper level project manager who I know is gay. And you know, I see that person being very successful in the company I've for LGBT people. So I, I don't feel inhibited at all. And I feel like where I work, people value you for what you bring to the table. And it doesn't really have anything to do with your gender, sexual orientation, race. At least I'd like to think not. You know, something like that's never going to be written on paper, but you know, I personally have not been promoted to the level of someone who is more senior. So I've yet to experience that. But you know, in the coming years, that may be something interesting to observe, you know, depending on whether I'm out to certain people that I work very close with. My company, interestingly enough, has had a couple pride events. You know, I noticed in our, we have an office in Florida and they put a little article on the company internet page. They did the little party and they had like rainbow cupcakes, rainbow decor. They invited a bunch of people to just take part in festivities. I'm like, dang, they need to bring that over here in, in Texas. I'm like, that's really reassuring to me. And it makes me feel you know, safe in this environment. So I know a lot of people in their workplaces do not feel safe in their workplaces. In fact, I know a few people who in recent years have been fired for being gay. And of course, when they get fired, they're going to say, and it's obvious that they got fired because of their sexuality. But then they'll say, prove it. And they'll say mm. it's for something related to job performance. And, you know, I, I've been very fortunate to never have been put in that kind of predicament. Well, I'm glad that you were fortunate enough to not have to experience that. When they sent you the article that had the Pride event from Florida, do you know how the people in your office were? What was the reaction for that? I don't really know what other people's reactions were. Aside from a couple people who I am close to in the office, and I was like, "Hey, did you see that?" And they're like, "Yeah, that was pretty cool." And but of course, you know, if you mention that you liked this or that, and it might be quote unquote politically charged, you know, that's revealing something about yourself that you know maybe you're not ready to reveal yet. So, you know, my praise of that event has to be, at least to me, has to be more on the reserved side. And that's just part of, you know, how I navigate my workplace is, you know, 
when do I say I like this or I don't like that? And you're, you're right about that because even myself being very out, there's still, you still have to navigate things a certain way. You still have to play the game sometimes. So I completely mm-hmm, understand that. Absolutely. Okay. So it seems like you kind of know what you're doing there. And so I guess I would just ask you, what advice would you give your younger self who's just entering the workforce, who's getting ready to unknowingly step into their first day where they have to work a 10-hour shift? That's a good question. I would say, even in general, I wish that I knew about therapy long before I even started working because oftentimes your performance at work is reflected by the confidence that you have in yourself, whether that's confidence that you have you know, on your professional work or even just how you feel about yourself in general, because that can really leak through how you go through your day-to-day work life. So I would say that when I started at the age of 24, which is around the age that I was coming, you know, in the process of coming out to friends and family, it was a bit difficult. You know, I try to keep my personal life, my work life separate, and I try to keep those emotions very partitioned. So I, th- I think that I probably would have excelled more had I been more in tune with myself at the very beginning. But of course, as you navigate your early adulthood, you know, these are things that you have to navigate no matter what. So I, I don't know how much it would have changed because, you know, we can't relive the past. So, you know, I just try to put things into perspective and be very forward looking and just see the positive outcomes that'll happen in the future. But, you know, my day to day life at work, I just never let my guard down. And if someone were to ever say something to me that was homophobic or anything of that nature, I would just not let my guard down. I would stand up for myself and hold my ground because, you know, one, that's stuff like that's not appropriate in the workplace. Number two, having the courage to report something if it ever happened, you know, without fear of retaliation, you know, that's the second step really. But I've been fortunate to never have to deal with something like that, but I'd say I'm pretty good at sticking to my ground when it in my day-to-day work life. So I guess my last question for you then is, what do you want to do next? I do like where I'm at. I don't really see myself leaving the job that I'm at unless I got an offer that was exorbitantly higher than you know what I'm being compensated for right now. I do like the area that I live in, born and raised here. You know, I'm not the most extroverted person, so taking on an upper management level role further down the line seems right now, at least out of the question, but I'm just going to take it day by day. Really. You know, I've learned to live my life in the present and enjoy every second of it. And, you know, I spent a lot of time in the past thinking about the future, the future, the future, and then the future comes and then, you know, you you don't enjoy the moment. So, I'm really just trying to enjoy enjoy the moment realistically, not just in my professional life, but in my personal life too. Another miscellaneous goal that I've had for myself is, you know, I wanted to get this, it's a bucket list item. I want to live in Europe for a little bit, but got to see how I can make that work. Well, I will say you mentioned you're an introvert with regards to upper management. I will definitely say that I'm also very introverted 
but I do a lot of leadership and everything like that as well. And it's a very interesting dynamic because you're, I'm very analytical and I want to completely understand something before I speak on it. And so sometimes that comes across a certain way. So it's something that if you ever want to step into that role, just know that it's a lot of, um, you'll look at your extroverted peers and you'll notice how they do things, but not everything they do is going to work for you, but it's still going to work. You just have to figure it out a little bit. Of course. So I would just I would just say that just in case one day you wake up and you decide, you know what? I'm going to try a leadership role. It's going to take a little bit of time to kind of adjust and massage yourself into that role, but it's completely possible. It really is and you know I'm glad you brought that up. In fact, at my job we have this for any kind of project manager training, one thing that we have to do is take this personality test and it takes like an hour to complete and it analyzes you from top to bottom in various metrics. In fact, one of them was sociability. And it ranks you on a scale of one to 10, whether you're completely introverted or extremely sociable. And I was ranked as a two, if I can remember correctly. And you know, some people were like a nine or a 10. But what we learn from stuff like that is, ideally, if you want to be a in a project management type role, ideally you wanna be somewhere in the middle because too much of one thing in either direction is not necessarily a good thing. And while at the core, you're never gonna change who you are, but you can mask certain personality types to fit that mold. Exactly, exactly. Because to give an example, for me, I'm very, I am the type of leader where if I don't have to tell you anything, I believe in you and I know you can do your job and we're all adults and I shouldn't have to, we're not, this isn't preschool. I shouldn't have to come by your desk and make sure that you're working and you're on task or whatever, but some people still need, they need that. They need for their superior to come by and check and see how they're doing because they don't, you know, sometimes they get caught up and they just are afraid to speak up or something. And so that was like you mentioned with having to kind of be in the middle. And even if you're on one end of the spectrum, you can still kind of bring yourself there. It kind of takes some adjusting, but definitely I agree with that. But I just wanted to mention that to you because I know a lot of people who are LGBTQ and they wonder, you know, can I even be in a leadership role Is that something for, are people going to take me seriously, you know, first of all, and then do I have the emotional, mental, sometimes physical capability to even lead a team? And everything that you mentioned and pretty much what I've touched on, I just want people to take that away that you absolutely can. It doesn't matter as far as your identity and everything like that goes. What matters is that you want the best for your team, yourself really, and that you are trying to be the best leader that you can. Because at the end of the day, that's all they're going to care about. That's all they care about now for me. Mm -hmm. You know, I come in and I have heels, have heels on and I have whatever our Starbucks drinks in my hand and they come to me. They go, hey, I need help with this and whatever. And it's not about 
you know, oh, all the other political things that get brought up regarding LGBTQ. It's about, I believe in you as a person that you're able, that you're capable and you're smart enough to, that someone that I can come to and look up to. Anyone can be a role model. Right. Totally agree. And of course, you know, depending on whether you're out or not or visible or not, one thing that's unique to the average LGBT worker is breaking down those obstacles. Like if you are in a work environment where some people might be a little bit hostile towards LGBT, that is an opportunity for you to shine through the the prejudice and really demonstrate your true ability to you know, perform your role. Do the self-care that you got to do. But yes, that's right. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to The Demetrius Show. Reviews of this show help expand my audience size and reach new listeners. So be sure to rate it on your preferred listening platform so more people can know about it. Also, if you really love this show, be sure to subscribe to my email list so you can be the first to get news and updates about the podcast and more. And as always, be kind to yourself, be safe, and until next time.